Welcome to That We May Be One, a podcast aimed at sharing the stories and testimonies of our ward members to foster a greater sense of love and community. Hi, sisters. Welcome back to our podcast. Today, we get to sit down with Brooke Sani. Brooke and her family have been in the ward for about five years. She enjoys reading, interior design, exercise, and serving as a volunteer for the Days for Girls project. She currently serves as the email communication specialist in our ward, which means she's the one who's sending you those helpful emails that include the ward bulletin and other church information. One thing I love about Brooke is her quiet ability to make you feel valued and important. She was my daughter's young woman leader a few years ago, and this summer I dropped Nora off at Brooke's house for a youth swim party. On the way over, I asked her, is Sister Sonny still your young woman leader? Nora responded, no, but I wish she was. She is so awesome and kind. She was one of the best leaders I've ever had. Wow, that's pretty high praise, especially coming from a teenager. Another thing that is great about Brooke is her willingness to try. She was called as an adult Sunday school teacher in our ward soon after she and her family moved in. I know that was really nerve-wracking for her and out of her comfort zone, but she accepted and she did a great job. She was also not thrilled about coming on the podcast as it felt uncomfortable to talk about herself to all of you, but she recognized the value in what we're trying to accomplish here and she said yes, and I'm so glad she did. I hope you enjoy this interview with Brooke Sani, where she shares how her faith was strengthened by two miraculous experiences in her youth, as well as through good people and influences throughout her life. Hi, sisters. Today I'm here with Brooke Sani. Thanks for agreeing to do this, Brooke. Sure. <laughs> You're welcome anytime. <laughs> awesome. That I do vote the next time we talk about you. <laughs> hey, I've already done this. So <laughs> that's true. You have. You did a great job. All right, Brooke, do you want to start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Sure. Um, so our family moved into the ward about five years ago. Uh, we came here for my husband's job, and um, we've been married 27 years, and we have five boys, which has been a lot of fun. And I have one daughter-in-law that I totally appreciate having around, Um it's got to be so fun to finally have a girl in the family. Yes. I mean, when we get together, you know, there's one more person voting for a chick flick or, <laughs> you know, that yes. will go shopping with me. Not because I like shopping. I hate shopping. But it's nice to have her around to give me an opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Because my boys, my husband, <laughs> I'm sorry, but their Not opinions the don't count. They're like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> so it's really nice to have her around. Um, as far as me personally, I was born and raised in uh, Davis County, Utah. And from there, went off to college at BYU where I met Jared. And since we've been married, we have moved around quite a bit. So the places we've lived are Utah and then to Florida for five years, and then to East Texas for 10 years, and then to North Carolina for two years, at which point um, his company sold, and it kind of gave us the freedom to just go where we wanted to go since he was unemployed at the time, and we chose to go back to Utah, and we stayed there for three years, and then he was recruited back into his line of work, and so we came to California. And we've loved it here. Good. 
Yeah. We've been so glad you guys have joined our ward. And maybe for those who don't know, don't you have a relative in this ward? I do. <laughs> <laughs> who are you related to? <laughs> yeah. Rusty Marsh is my cousin. Yeah. His dad and my mom are siblings. And they were probably the closest to one another in their family. Yeah. But Rusty just lives four doors down. And <laughs> um, when we learned that he was here in this ward, um, <laughs> I really did text him. I said, listen, I don't want to be the person to drive you out of a ward or a neighborhood <laughs> that you <laughs> otherwise love. Are you sure it's okay, you know, if we make an offer on this house? And he's like, are you kidding? You know, <laughs> we've never lived by family. So they've been great neighbors and great friends. I've enjoyed getting, him, getting so to know him better because we weren't close before. Okay. That's so fun. Be just a couple doors down from cousins. Yeah. So did you guys just plan to come to this area before you knew they were here or did you come because yeah. they were here? Well, no. So actually, Jared had found this home and had not come to look at it yet. We actually were looking at a home at the end of the street that we had put an offer in on and didn't get it. But he had noticed that this home had gone up for sale and... uh but it's a gated community. So he was having trouble making contact with the realtor mm. and being able to get access to the neighborhood. Right. Meanwhile, my mom called me and said, did you know that Rusty and Rachel live in Roseville? <laughs> <laughs> and they'd lived in Redding and Reno and all of these mm -hmm. R states. And even though I mail Christmas cards to them every year, like it didn't occur to me that, right. oh, they live there, yeah. you know? So um, I called up Rusty and, you know, I I have a little address file with phone numbers and whatnot. And I pulled that out and called him. And I looked at his address card and I said, oh, my gosh. <laughs> the home <laughs> that we want to look at is on the very same street. You know, oh, that's so all the funny. places in Roseville. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So that's Can't how be that coincidental. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Brooke. Well, do you have any unique hobbies, talents, or traditions that you want to tell us about? Probably nothing unique, um, <laughs> but I do have hobbies that I enjoy. So um, I think because we have moved around so much, I've really taken to just home decorating and design and like DIY projects. Mm -hmm. But honestly, going back to when I was a girl and a teenager, I think I drove my mom crazy, but I would rearrange my room constantly. I always wanted a new furniture layout and design. And I think she cringed because our furniture that I shared with my little sister belonged to my dad and his brother. And so it was older mm -hmm. and it already had some wear and tear. And there I was just like dragging it across the carpet, you know, putting the bed here, the dresser there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just always, I just <laughs> always had a different take on how things should be. That's fun. Yeah. Do you still like to rearrange your furniture often? Or are you happy? Like you got a good layout and you're, you're just um, happy for a long time. <laughs> More where it's come into play is because we've moved so often, it's not like we just sell all the furniture with the house. So we have to make things fit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I will get out the graph paper <laughs> and measure out the rooms <laughs> and the furniture and play around with layouts before we even move in. You That's know, so fun. What yeah. are we taking with us? What are we leaving behind? Right. And to, it's really been helpful to tell the movers where to place things. Yeah. You know, 
Like, I know this will fit here. Take it to that room. <laughs> Set it here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, every home has been just like a blank canvas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a challenge to decorate. And I think it's important to me to um, decorate and make things homey just because the homes have changed so often. Mm. It just really helps me feel tucked in, I guess. Yeah. Like it needs you know? to be your safe space and yes. you're moving around so often. Yes. Want, want home to be. Yes. And with. Feel cozy. And with all of the boys that I've had, like bouncing off the walls, <laughs> if I can have control over just <laughs> my surroundings. Um, yeah. That's been that important to me. <laughs> yes. But I've, I don't know if, how much you want to go into it, but I've done like more painting than I care to do. I've done some tile work. Um, I've reupholstered things. Oh, that's awesome. So you're really hands-on. And I don't want to say like I can reupholster anything. It's more like I'm cheap and don't want to pay anybody else to do it. (laughs) So I'm resourceful. I can relate. (laughs) In all categories, I'm resourceful and just make things work. You know, Mm -hmm. like what do I have on hand? And (laughs) yeah, um, I've uh, faced a fireplace and um, tiled a tub surround and ripped up a brick paver patio and like moved it somewhere else and put it down. That's impressive. (laughs) I don't know, just lots of sewing, lots of curtains and pillows and bedding and yeah. 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 Well, that makes me think you're also, aren't you involved in um, the Days for Girls? Yes, I have been doing that the last couple of years and I really enjoy that. So that involves lots of sewing. So yeah, uses your skills. Yes, but it's very simple sewing. Yeah, I just do like straight line stuff for them, or (laughs) you know other things as well. But it's mindless, and I love it because I can throw in a podcast Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. turn on some music and just go. Right. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. But I do enjoy doing that. Yeah. Okay. Anything else on that? Um, I also love to read, as you know. Mm Love uh, historical fiction better than anything else. Yeah. And I love to bake, unfortunately. <laughs> that's a good thing. That's a good well, thing. Uh, that's what my family eats, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> cooking, I can't just experiment because they're too picky. But um, I do love to bake. And more recently, I love to work out. Okay. So, What do you like doing? to do to work out? Um, I've been doing strength training. We nice. got a tonal system, which 100% recommend because yeah. I hate going to the gym. <laughs> I don't want to be there where I can be compared to anybody else. <laughs> so if I can just work out in my own home. Yeah. So I've been That's doing awesome. strike training and, and walking. Nice. Nice. Well, thank you. All right. Shall yeah. we dive into some deeper questions here? Sure. All right. How would you describe the development of your faith? Oh, well, <clears throat> well, First of all, just looking back to when I was a child, I feel like I always knew that the church was true. I never questioned it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think in part, um, I've never questioned it because I just have always felt really uh, sensitive to the Spirit, close to the Spirit. And so... Like as I have uh, lived different principles of the gospel and whatnot, like I've felt the Spirit testify, oh, that's true, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I 
get the warm fuzzies all the time, you know, get brought to tears all the time, which is all just confirmation to me of, okay, the spirit is in this work. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I have always known that, uh, I'm a child of God and that he exists and that he loves me and, um, just looking around, like, how can you deny <laughs> that there's a God, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at just the smallest detail in a flower or plant or the biggest details, you know, that we can see through the telescopes right. these days, like, you just, you just can't deny it. And yeah. even when you consider the sociality that exists between us as people, like we have so many things in common, so many thoughts and um, desires and questions. It's like we are definitely united, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yes. So, um, but yeah, I've just never been one to ask many questions. I just, I feel like I trust God. There's definitely questions out there that I, I don't know the answers to, mm -hmm. you know, there's some doctrines that I'm like, hmm, <laughs> but I, but I absolutely know that he loves us and I trust that he knows best and one day it'll all make sense. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Love, but, love um, and that's been your faith. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else about the development of your faith? Um, sure. I'll just say that I have a few stories I can share. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, please. Um, as a teenager, all of these experiences, excuse me, <clears throat> happened probably within a year or two of each other. But when I was thinking about my testimony, these things kind of stood out and I think had a pretty big impact as far as my testimony of prayer and fasting and power of the priesthood. So I will share those. Um, the first is my little sister. We're three years apart and completely different, right? She is very athletic and uninhibited and just a lot of fun. And we didn't get along really well, but um, we do now. <laughs> so, so that's what's good, right? Thank goodness for age, right? Yeah. <laughs> but we were at a mutual activity this time of year in Utah at this hollow. Um, so two hills facing each other, right? Okay. And we were sledding and tubing. And Lori got on her tube and just like sailed down the hill. And at the bottom of the hill, there was a footbridge uh, that crossed over just a small little stream. And it had four log posts at the corners. And she saw it coming and she tried to, you know, change her path. But she really just turned sideways and she ended up smacking one of those posts with the side of her head. Well... She had a little bit of blood trickling out of her ear. And so our leaders sent a couple of us to the closest home mm -hmm. to call my mom. So, you know, no cell phones, right. obviously. 
Um, so we called my mom and um, it was agreed that she needed to go to the emergency room. So I think the leaders took her to the emergency room and they checked her out and said, looks like you've ruptured your eardrum. Mm -hmm. And they put a cotton ball in her ear and sent her home. Oh my goodness. And that was that. <laughs> well, what I remember is that she climbed into my parents' bed and Lori was always energetic and always active and just making fun, right? Yeah. And she just sat in that bed, bed or lay in that bed and was unresponsive to everybody except for my mom. If my mom went up and asked her a question, she'd give her like a one-word answer. Mm -hmm. But she didn't even acknowledge anybody else. And at the emergency room, they had said, it's probably a good idea that she go see a ENT, an ear, nose, and throat specialist. And um, when she was so um, unresponsive, my mom and dad, uh, they have a good friend in Salt Lake. He was one of their high school college friends, and he's a ENT. And so they contacted him, and they went to see him. And he was very accommodating because it was after hours, right? And um, he checked her out and ran some tests and everything looked good. And so they went back home. And late, late that night, I think it may have even been after midnight, he called them and he said, it's just not sitting right with me. There is something, there is something going on. You need to take her right now up to the emergency room and get a scan done, which they did. And they did a scan and they saw that there was a blood clot on her brain and that she would need to be life flighted immediately. Wow. And so they, at that point, she was given a priesthood blessing and they weren't able to take the helicopter because there was so much fog. So they just prayed, 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 you know, and drove her from, I think it was late in Utah to Salt Lake City. Mm. And when they went in and did surgery, there was a fracture in her skull where she had hit the bridge and she had bleeding on her brain that had caused a blood clot the size of a Coke can. Oh my gosh. And wow. yeah, 12 ounces of blood clot they removed. So her brain was basically being pushed <clears throat> all the way to the opposite side of her head. And they said, had she not come now, she likely wouldn't have made it. So that was a huge testimony builder to me, just how, um, I guess, first of all, how the doctor friend was so in tune with the spirit. Right. And acted on that prompting. And when you pray for help, you know, Heavenly Father listens and he responds. So, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That story um, has always stuck with me. It's a, a testimony that Heavenly Father can preserve lives when he wants to, right? I mean, he, yes. he put all the right pieces into place there to make sure that's that right. she got what she needed. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I know he doesn't always intervene, but we felt, uh, we felt his hand there for sure. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, 
And then another story that had a huge impact on me was, I think I was 14 at this time. Um, my brother, five years older than me, he was in the MTC. And he was called to serve in Madrid, Spain. And I think at that time, if you were learning a language, you were there for nine weeks mm -hmm. in the MTC. And uh, he loved to play basketball. So every P day, he had played basketball. And on his last week there, he was playing basketball and he went up for a jump shot and landed on somebody's foot and rolled his ankle. And he immediately knew something bad had happened and it just swelled up. Well, this was on a weekend and they were able to get in to see a specialist, I think on Saturday. And the doctor examined it and did x-ray and he just said, you are going to need surgery. The tendon that supports the outside of your ankle is completely gone. It has snapped. Like it oh is, my goodness. there's no way. And my brother was devastated because he wanted to be able to leave that following week with his district right. to Spain. And that was not happening. So he was given some crutches and wrapped up and went back to the MTC. And his companion gave him a blessing. And he said that night as he lay in his bed, he could feel... He could feel something happening to his ankle. He said, I, I didn't dare look. I didn't know what I would see, but I knew. Sorry. <laughs> something was happening. I'm totally fine. So the next morning, he woke up and um, he was on his crutches, hobbling around. <laughs> and he was obviously still incapacitated. And um, the following day he went to have his surgery and when he went the doctor looked at his foot and examined it again and he said I don't understand your foot is absolutely fine wow yeah everything is intact like it should be and he was able to leave the MTC sorry <laughs> <laughs> on time on time with oh, his district and he serves his two years and Never had any issues. So that is a um, miracle. That's amazing. So yeah, that affected it. So cool. And I'm sure that was such a cool story for your whole family to be yeah, involved it was with. Really build your faith. Again, when so, the Lord needs somebody yeah. to do something, he can he can make it happen, right? Yes. That is, <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I love that. Okay. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, what um, family or other relationships have had the most impact on your life? Oh, man. Um, obviously, my mom has had a huge impact. Um, she has such a practical, no-nonsense approach to life. Like she, There was never any drama, right? She just did what needed to be done and bought what needed to be bought. And um, I think that's really rubbed off on me. Um, not a lot of frills, right? Um, and she was such a good example of serving in her callings. 
and um, reading her scriptures. And looking back, I realize how intentional she was as a parent. Like, she just made it a point that we would have a family prayer every day. And, like, she didn't let things slide. <laughs> she, you know, she she made things happen. I love that. Yeah. She knew the value of the consistency and yeah. all of that stuff. Yes. And I have to say my mother-in-law, too, hmm. which some people think is weird, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> but my mother-in-law... um, we spent, I don't know, maybe seven months early in our marriage when we had one child living with them. And I remember just not wanting to inconvenience them or impose on them at all. So I became really good at being invisible, you know, just <laughs> cleaning up after myself and whatnot. But because she's very tidy and very organized. And I feel like because of her, I learned some of that. My mom, cleaning's not her forte, and I still don't enjoy it, but <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, I think I learned more how to stay on top of things, right, because of my mother-in-law. And she also has been a fabulous example about serving in the temple. That's, yeah, and pretty impactful. Um. And I have to mention my dad, too, because poor Jared. I think my dad's practically perfect <laughs> in every way, you know, and try not to make comparisons. There's just two different people, right. two different people, right? <laughs> and my mom will say, you don't realize it's taken me so many years to get him here. You know? <laughs> well, that's probably true. Right. <laughs> but um, he has incredible patience and is so highly thought of in the community and has given a lot of service. And um, one thing I love about him is there's absolutely no idleness. So if he's uh, going to sit in front of a football game, he's also working on a project. <laughs> and he um, is very self-reliant, spends hours in his garden. Mm. I wish some of that had rubbed off on me. I've tried. <laughs> Maybe because we've moved. I, I don't know. I use that yeah, as an excuse. Yeah. Like, oh no, different climate or oh, starting from scratch. And mm -hmm. But um, just his work ethic and his patience and all of that has had an impact. Mm -hmm. And then just one more person, my older sister, she's had an impact. Um, <laughs> I ask in so many situations, WWAD, like, what would Amy do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or what would Amy wear, you know, because she's just so fun and mm -hmm. has such, like, a fun style, whether it's her house or her clothes mm -hmm. or whatever, but she's always been the older sister and has been the nurturer to the rest of the siblings and just so thoughtful and loving, so. That's great. How many years yeah. apart are you guys? We're about six and a half years apart. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, what has nurtured your testimony the most during your adult life? Oh, a few things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, definitely my callings in the church, you know, have really forced me to grow. Anything And in to particular? dive more into the gospel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
I would say probably teaching the youth. Mm. And there was a little stint where I was gospel doctrine teacher where I had to dig really deep. <laughs> you were wonderful. Fortunately, that, that didn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> you did a great job. The anxiety that that brought on. Mm. Yeah. Um, so definitely callings. And I would say our frequent moves, we've always had to pull together as a couple or um, as a family and, you know, really pray and fast and just make sure what we were doing is is correct. And we've always seen the Lord's hand yeah. in our moves. We've seen blessings on all sides for sure. And then something that's else that's caused me to trust in God is Others' agency. Dang it. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) We love agency, but no, I just feel like when when I have such a testimony of my own, when I see other people step away and walk away from what we have, oh, that's hard, right? Yes, it is. And I just trust that. Absolutely. God loves them. He cares about them. He knows them. You know, they're, they're at whatever point they're at. And, you know, maybe this is just part of their, part of their journey. And, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully they choose to come back. But okay. yeah, that's been really hard and, um, has forced me to trust. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It's in his hands. Yeah. I feel like that's a big, big thing to learn how to trust God with, yeah. with his children. Right. I mean, even yes. though that makes sense, like, on a personal level, when you when you care so much yeah. about these people mm-hmm. and you see them taking a path that you don't, it doesn't seem like it's leading them to happiness. It's it's painful, right? And so it takes right. a lot of trust to be like, okay, Heavenly Father, <laughs> Just you know more them. than I do. Just so. love them and bite them. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, then um, what would be something you'd want to, some advice or some wisdom you'd want to share with your posterity? Okay, so there's a scripture uh, in Alma chapter 5, verse 26. It says, If ye have experienced a change of heart, and if ye have felt to sing the song of redeeming love, I would ask, can ye feel so now? So I would just say to my posterity, never let your ability to feel the Spirit dim. I love this scripture because it's it's kind of a, a measuring stick or a, a check. I don't know what's the word, <laughs> but it, yeah, it's kind yeah, of a measuring stick. stick. Yeah, right. Where every day you just have to reflect and say, "How am I doing? Am I able to feel the spirit?" You know, similar to President Nelson's advice to know how we feel the Spirit. And, you know, it's impossible to survive spiritually without it, right? So for me, it's like every day I can, there's like this barometer and I can feel, am I close to the Spirit? Am I not? And um, I just have to make sure I spend a little bit of time with God every day, however that may be. There's so many different ways, but I can't let a day go by or I start to feel that void and that distance. And, a little bit of coldness, you know, and so that would be my advice to my posterity is, you know, always do that self-check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pay attention to your barometer and course correct. 
like ASAP, right? Mm-hmm. Repent and um, do what you need to do to have the presence and the spirit in your life. Right. Absolutely. It's just like President Nelson keeps telling us, right? Yeah. We won't be able to survive spiritually without the guiding influence of the Holy Ghost. Yes. And it's also the path of happiness, right? I mean, when exactly. we're connected to the Spirit, that's when we feel the joy of... Yes. If you are able life. to have the Spirit with you, you can't go wrong, right? Yeah. yeah. You'll always be good. And I honestly believe that. Very true. I love that. Well, is there anything else you want to say? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm done here. Oh, I love you, Brooke. <laughs> okay. Well, those were some amazing accounts mm-hmm. and... Thank you for being willing to share with us. I really appreciate it. Sure. Happy to. Okay. Thanks, Brooke. I want to thank Brooke again for coming on the show. It's not the most natural thing for most of us to sit and talk about ourselves for extended periods of time. And I appreciate each of you has had the courage to maybe be a little uncomfortable for an hour or so, so the rest of us can be blessed by your faith and your testimony. Please tell Brooke that you listened and what parts you really loved. Thanks for being with us today.